Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You just randomly started laughing right before we got going. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I feel like... Sometimes when we have like we have that little countdown before it actually starts recording and some days it just feels like six seconds is a really long time and it cracks me up and I don't know why. (laughs) Because we're just staring at each other in silence, smiling, waiting for the timer to go down. No one knows that, but it is kind of weird. And it's hard not to start laughing. Yeah, I'm I'm easily amused. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, it's been a day. Um, How's your day going? It's good. I have a a naughty pup on my Mm. hands today. So hopefully he'll be good during this recording. But um, all day, he's just been driving me crazy. Still, it's no, everyone talks about how puppies are a lot of work, but no one talks about how they still are like teenagers when they're a year old and they challenge you. And now you can't use the excuse like, oh, it's a puppy. It's like, no, he knows. He knows though. He knows. He's pushing the He's limits. pushing the boundaries. So yeah. anyways, I yeah, some days are better than others. And today was just one of those days where I was like, why did I get a dog again? But then I love him so much. So it was, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so hard. Pets, you know, we yeah. love them. But I know. They can be challenging. They can. Percy was a little crazy earlier today, but it, right before we started podcasting, of course, he snuggled up next to me and fell oh. asleep next to me and while I was working. And it was so hard to leave him. I, I know. Like, Ugh. That's how they get you back into their good graces. They cuddle a little and then you're like, oh, I love them so much. So exactly. yeah, hopefully he'll be good for the next hour. Hope so too. <laughs> cool. Well, we can jump right into today's topic. Um, and we're going to talk about how to utilize something called BIMI, which is B-I-M-I, to display your logo in subscribers' mailboxes. Before we jump into it, just a disclaimer that this episode, I think, will be a little technical and it, you know, by the end of it or maybe even 10 minutes into it, you might be thinking, eh, this isn't for me. I'm not interested in exploring this and that's totally fine. Um, I think for a lot of like creators who are doing a lot of the work on their own, this probably won't be something that you're super interested in. Um, But, you know, on the other side of it, you might listen and think, oh, I definitely want to do this. And you're going to have to do some more work on your end afterwards to make it happen. Um, Unfortunately, we just can't like guide you through all the technical aspects here. But anyways, I hope it's at least interesting if you're not going to move forward with BIMI. I think it's still kind of a fun conversation. Yeah. And we just like covering all all topics. So yeah, even if it's not applicable, maybe you'll be like, Oh, like, you know, sometimes it's fun to see things at play in your inbox. Yeah. And for a while, I kind of wrote this off as like a topic that our audience wouldn't be super interested in. Mm -hmm. But then I started to see it pop up Mm -hmm. in the ConvertKit community and in our ConvertKit Facebook group and some creators asking about it. So I was like, okay, well, looks like some creators are interested in this. So some people are very up on the technical things, which is impressive. (laughs) I know that's still something so shocking to me. Our most technical episode about authentication is still one of our most downloaded episodes. So 
I'm not definitely not trying to undermine no, our no. listeners, like, you know, obviously intelligence or anything like that. Um, I just personally get insecure that anything like this is not interesting or boring, right. but I'm glad to hear or see by the numbers that maybe it is um, interesting. That's like, so that's good. I think both of our fears is being boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just care a lot about the yeah. time you're putting into listening to this, even if you're just doing the dishes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to waste your time. Exactly. So we take that really seriously. But if you're like, what in the world are y'all even talking about? Um, you might have noticed that sometimes when you scroll through your inbox and you're seeing all these different senders who have sent you mail, some of them have a logo to the left of their sender address and some don't. And that's where I started to see more and more creators start to ask, like, how in the world do I get my logo to show up in my subscribers' inboxes? Um, Which is a great question. And I'm not surprised that there's interest in that because it is nice to have that continuity, um, add that touch of your brand right in your subscribers' inboxes. Um, So there's a good chance that the senders you've seen with logos are utilizing Bimmy to get their logo to appear in mailboxes. And the goal of Bimmy and the people who created Bimmy is really to provide another layer of trust to your emails um, and helping subscribers know that a message truly came from Mm -hmm. the sender. Well, that's where I will segue into my little section that I thought was interesting. (laughs) Um, Kind of bear with me on this because it's, it's related. It's not like uh, I don't know. I just wanted to add some interesting facts <laughs> and hopefully make it, Love it. Not, not so technical in the beginning so that maybe we'll keep people's interest. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about security in general and without getting too into like the technicalities of BIMI, there are some things that you'll have to do on your, the back end of some settings. Um, and basically it's almost to me reminds me of like building blocks. Like There's a bunch of smaller things that you can do that kind of build on each other to make your emails more secure um, and make sure that people aren't taking advantage of, you know, using your domain incorrectly for phishing or um, malicious uh, intent. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about this was just kind of an interesting fact. According to Harvard Business Review, the amount uh, companies paid to hackers grew by 300% um, in the last year. The sudden increase in remote work and more lax security protections at home gave uh, hacker groups the perfect opportunity to breach sensitive data. Um, this was according to Toro College of Illinois. Um, and I just thought that was super interesting. I don't know that people realize. Like, I'm really interested in how the world has changed over the last two years since COVID started. And especially when it comes to email, I think there has been a gradual rise ever since email was a thing in, you know, security issues. But as time has gone on, I mean, we've seen so many problems with when something very like large scale like this happens in the world. I mean, imagine all of the headlines in an email subject that could get your attention. And I just think it's super interesting. So have you seen any in your inbox, Alyssa, when it comes to like COVID or anything like that? Oh, that's a good question. And uh, just to clarify, because the first time I saw that stat, I was like a little confused, but I got it uh, after reading it a little more. You're saying that companies paid hackers because the hackers had sensitive information that they had hacked. And they paid essentially a ransom to get that information. Right. So this is also called ransomware, which I should have also mentioned. Um, But yeah, it's weird. It's hackers can like use your like encrypt files basically and collect information. For example, just an example, 
if you were to have credit card information with Target saved on their app or something, and someone were to hack Target's website, they would basically say, hey, we have all these credit cards and we will release them if you don't pay us X amount of money. And that's just one example, obviously, of Mm -hmm. like a cyber security attack. Like there's obviously other things, but this ransomware thing is starting to become more popular, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. And then to tie the bridge to Bimmy, a lot of the ways things like this get started is that someone sends an email, uh, a bad, you know, like a hacker sends an email pretending to be someone Mm -hmm. else and has a malicious link or file in the message. And the person who opens the message doesn't realize it's from a bad sender. They think it's from, you know, whoever it said it was from. And they open the file or they click on the link and then the system is able to be attacked. So that's just one example. Um, Obviously, this isn't a huge threat that, a lot of our listeners maybe are concerned about, but it is great to keep the reality of the email landscape mm-hmm. um, in your mind when you are managing your own email infrastructure and your domain and your reputation and all that. Um, but to answer your question, I have seen stats that globally, definitely things uh, like attacks increased, spam increased, phishing mm-hmm. increased, I think over these um, years of COVID. Oh, which is crazy. I can't believe it's been years. I know. Um, <laughs> but Time warp. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's probably a million different reasons for that. But there also was like COVID-related mm-hmm. spam and fish. So right. like emails saying vaccination sites yes. are open. Click here to make an appointment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great, sadly, way it is. to get someone to click a link right now. Well, and I think the other thing too related to Bimmy is just um, that extra level of brand awareness because not only, you know, obviously I'm in this particular example, we're talking a little bit more large scale. Like you said, it might not be um, the first thing that our creators are concerned about, but I think email spoofing is something that does happen and can happen even on a smaller scale. Um, And it's, you know, making sure that your brand name isn't compromised so that in the future, I know when there have been large scale, um, you know, phishing or spamming uh, with large companies, people then they get nervous to open those emails. And you don't want people, you don't want your subscribers worried about whether or not your emails are safe to open. So I think full circle, that's the other thing that I just found interesting because I can't imagine what it would be like for, I mean, it's very possible for a large company to have one of these kinds of cyber attack issues or whatever and have people worried about opening a target email. Like I can't, you know what I mean? It's just interesting to think about like, oh, I'm scared to open an email from like a large corporation. It's just, it's crazy that it can happen. Yeah. Trust and reputation is so important. And another thing I really like about Bimmy is it kind of bridges the two worlds. So even if you don't, you know, you're not super concerned about all of that and you're like, "Eh, I have, you know, 5,000 subscribers. I don't think anyone's going to try and mm-hmm. pretend to be me. Um, maybe you don't care about that, but you might still care about having your logo show up in the exactly. mailbox because it still looks great and is like a cool feature to have. And I think that was one of the core reasons why Bimmy was created is it kind of bridges these two worlds of like where Melissa and I are, of we're trying to keep the internet safer. Mm-hmm. We are constantly monitoring like emails and making sure people are staying safe and that um, there aren't any malicious senders using our platform, things like that. Um, So we care a lot that email is a safer place and that people aren't being spoofed. And then on the other end, a lot of people who send mail probably aren't that interested, don't care as much about it, but this gives them an incentive to 
start to really crack down on their security, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get into. But I guess spoiler alert, in order to use BIMI, you have to have a strict DMARC record. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. So BIMI is incentivizing senders to set up that strict DMARC record where maybe they wouldn't have cared in the past right. or wanted to do that. Now they kind of have an incentive to. Right. Cool. Well, then let's just hop right into what BIMI is since we've been kind of dancing around it. Um, so BIMI stands for Brand Identicators for Message Identification. Did I say that right? Yeah. Indicators. Indicators. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm it's like, okay. That, Actually, that it sounded... Like gibberish. No, it's really hard to see indicators and <laughs> identification. In oh my gosh, sense. I would just put them together into one word. I'm like, what is happening? Okay, thank you. Brand indicators for message identification. There we go. That was a lot. Um, so BIMI is a text record that lives on your servers. BIMI requires that you have a strict DMARC record that is passing. If you don't know what a DMARC record is, again, we have a whole episode on that season one called authentication, um, but it's essentially just a strict strict level of security on your domain. And if all is in order, BIMI will allow your logo to be displayed in subscribers' mailboxes as long as their mailbox provider supports BIMI. We're going to go into that uh, a couple sections down into which mailbox providers actually work with BIMI. Again, this is a good time to warn you, this episode is going to get a little bit more technical. I hope that's not um, boring to you, but naturally to describe how you set up BIMI, we have to go into like how it, you have to go to your DNS settings and all that. But yeah, again, like we mentioned, the goal of BIMI is to give brands and reputable senders another layer of trust mm-hmm. and brand recognition with subscribers so that when they see your email, they know, oh yeah, that's that brand I know and love and signed up for. And I'm not um, concerned right. about this being a fake email. Well, we can <laughs> jump right into <laughs> how does BIMI work? Um, Like other email authentication methods, BIMI is essentially a text file that follows a specific format and lives in your DNS records, which is why these can kind of be tough to explain because um, even though you may be using an ESP like ConvertKit, we can't actually manually go into your domain host's you know, account and fix and change things for you, which is why the power is in your hands to decide yep, whether or not this is something point. you want to do. Um, unfortunately, as much as we wish we could help everyone with all of that. When a message is delivered, the recipient's mailbox provider looks up your BIMI text file. Once verified, the BIMI file tells the email service where to find your logo, and the mailbox provider pulls that logo into the inbox. People are so smart to create things like this. I know. This. Isn't it amazing? It really is. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, this is a new thing that just started and it works. That's amazing. So if this sounds like something you're interested in, here are all the things you need to do and have in place. Um, you need to have a DMARC record with a policy of P equals quarantine or P equals reject. For some senders, this might be where you decide you don't want to move forward. Um, and we've talked about it in plenty of episodes before. So DMARC is a wonderful thing. What it does is it protects your domain from being spoofed. Um, Spoofing is when some random person decides to send a message from your domain. Um, And without DMARC, a strict DMARC policy, really anyone can do that if they want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, There are plenty of people out there smart enough to figure out how to do that. And depending on how they set it up, that message could go to the inbox of whoever they send it to, and it'll look like it came from you. Mm -hmm. So DMARC exists to prevent that from happening. However, for smaller senders who, you know, maybe are a team of one, it is, it can be on the tough side to implement for multiple reasons. 
One, you have to make sure every single place where messages are sent from you and you want them to be sent from you are passing DMARC. So for example, if you're a ConvertKit customer, you need to make sure you're passing DMARC in ConvertKit, which means you have to set up a verified sending domain. That's not too bad, but that's just one spot. If you send mel- uh, messages from your G Suite address, you have to make sure those are passing DMARC. There's just all sorts of layers here. So another thing is that DMARC with the way it works is really cool. They will send you reports at whatever email address you want to receive them to that tells you um, if you're sending any emails that are failing DMARC. So that can help you know if you are being spoofed or if you're sending legit messages that are failing DMARC and you'll want to get that fixed. Those reports come in like every day. They're hard to read. It's hard to keep up with. So in general, DMARC can be amazing for some people. Um, And then it can also be kind of tough to set up for others. Um, And another kind of layer to this to add uh, too many more layers is that if you don't have a very large email list or you don't send very often, we have seen sometimes that having a DMARC record in a verified sending domain can actually cause deliverability problems because you don't have a strong enough sender reputation to kind of take on all of the reputation of your messages on your own Mailbox providers don't have enough data to be certain about your messages. So in those cases, sometimes it helps to actually not use a verified sending Mm -hmm. domain and to not have a DMARC record and piggyback on your ESP's Mm -hmm. reputation, like ConvertKit. So that was a lot there. Um, But essentially, and if you want this BIMI uh, cool feature, you do have to have a strict DMARC record um, and they have to be passing. So for ConvertKit customers listening, that means... You got to go set up that DMARC record. And also you need to set up a verified sending domain in ConvertKit. Mm-hmm. And if you're concerned, if you are a ConvertKit customer and you're concerned about what that verified sending domain will do, if it will potentially cause deliverability issues, you can always reach out and ask for someone on the deliverability team to take a look at your account and maybe, you know, just make sure other things look like they're in a good place. Uh, that's a question I actually feel like I get quite often. I feel like people think that... Um, they have to have all these things. Like a lot of new senders think like, oh, I need to change things in my DNS settings and I need to add a DMARC record and you don't have to do anything mm-hmm. um, normally. So I, uh, it's not like those things will make you land in the inbox more often than someone who has those things set up, which is I think another just thing to take into consideration when you're listening to all of these because it's all of these steps. It's overwhelming, but it doesn't, mean that someone is like ahead of you in this like race, I guess. So, you know, you shouldn't feel like you're less than of a sender because you don't have these things set up. And I feel like it's actually really interesting to talk about it because at the end of the day, it encourages people or it should encourage people to like really work on their sender reputation if they want to have these things set up, which that's so true is a good thing. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Um, We've definitely, I know of a customer I can think of right now with a pretty large list. They want to set up a verified sending domain that they, like over half their list hasn't opened in over Mm. a year and they do not have a great domain reputation. And so I've told them and they saw, they tried it out themselves. And if they set up a VSD, it doesn't go well. More messages Mm -hmm. go to spam. If they don't set up a VSD and use ConvertKit's reputation in the background, they have a much better deliverability. So I've kind of let them know, if you want to use a VSD, Mm -hmm. you've got to clean your list. And I do think that's one more incentive here. Right. 
The next requirement is that you must have a proper TXT record in your DNS that will allow Bimmy to work. So obviously you need that um, record to show that you have Bimmy and you want that to happen. So we won't get into all that here. That's two in the weeds. But if you're interested in all this, you can go to bimmygroup.org slash bimmy dash generator to generate your BIMI record. And again, that's B-I-M-I. Um, and then in that process, whenever you go to generate your TXT record for your BIMI, you're going to need to add a link to a square SVG file for your logo. And that just helps mailbox providers know what is the logo you want to show up. It seems like a lot, but I think <laughs> yeah. it's it's because, like I said, it's those building blocks. Um, so I think start starting from square one would be like, take a look at your, uh, well, especially this is in regards to ConvertKit customers, but take a look at your account health, take a look at your list size, your open rates, like start there and then move on to like, are you a good candidate for a verified sending domain? Because if you want to set up a DMARC record, you inevitably have to have that verified sending domain. They just, you know, they go with each other. So yeah, you just want to make sure that maybe that's the best place to start. Just take that into consideration first and then move to the next step and don't let it overwhelm you. <laughs> exactly. And I'm sure as you're listening to this, you know, I think there are just some people who aren't super interested in this. You want to focus your efforts on, mm -hmm. you know, creating things or doing other things to connect with your audience. And then there are other people that want to do anything they can that's going to level Brand. up their emails and like looks cool yeah. and yeah, and that subscribers like. So mm -hmm. this might be something you are very excited to set up. Um, but everyone is all over the place and there's no right answer. Mm -hmm. But we just wanted to make sure you had this info. Yeah. So do you want to tell us which mailbox providers actually use Bimmy? Because that might be a big deciding factor in whether this is a good fit for you. Yes, definitely. Okay, so the following mailbox providers use Bimmy to display logo logos. Yahoo, AOL, Netscape, Gmail, G Suite, Fastmail. You'll probably be like sitting there thinking, oh, interesting, Outlook's not on there <laughs> or mm -hmm. a couple other major <laughs> mailbox providers. So that is something to consider. Um when you are thinking about using Bimmy. Yeah, that's a good thing. Like if you know, oh, most of my list is Gmail and I'm interested in this, then that's probably a great mm -hmm. sign that maybe you should move forward and do this. And a lot of your subscribers will see that great logo show up, which is awesome. But if you know like, oh my gosh, I send to a lot of teachers who have Microsoft Office mm -hmm. accounts, which we have plenty of customers who fall into this category, um, then I would say this is not going to be a good fit for you because there's a good chance a very small amount of subscribers would even see your logo show up because like Melissa said, uh, Microsoft is not on this list. They do not currently support Bimmy to display logos. So as far as I saw too, because I was kind of doing some research before this, I don't even think like Microsoft has any plan in place right now to even try. No. So I, it doesn't sound like that's something that will like coming soon or, you know. Yep. Well, that's Bimmy. Um, <laughs> I hope that was helpful. Um, it's just a little weird email quirk mm -hmm. of something you can put into place if you want to or you're interested in. And if not, great. That's totally fine. It is sort of a big lift on the front end mm -hmm. that potentially might you know, be worth it to you. It all depends on your own setup, your own interests, your reputation, all sorts of things. Cool. Wonderful. Well, I hope everyone has a great rest of their week. If you want to submit any feedback or an idea to us, 
head over to convertkit.com slash deliverability and fill out the form there. We love to hear from you. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.